Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today, to celebrate Christmas, I'm going to read to you from Nanny Piggins Saves Christmas, a chapter so good I actually snuck it into two different books. It's in Nanny Piggins and the Accidental Blast Off, or book four as I like to call it, and The Nanny Piggins Guide to Conquering Christmas. It's my all-time favourite chapter to read aloud, and I hope you enjoy it too. Here we go. Nanny Piggins Saves Christmas. "'Twas the night before Christmas, so naturally Nanny Piggins was up on the roof, Santa-proofing the house by fastening chicken wire over the chimney stack. "'Right, pass me the nail gun,' said Nanny Piggins. "'You know, Santa Claus is not a bad person,' said Michael, handing it to her. "'I know that,' said Nanny Piggins. "'Thwack, thwack, thwack,' went the nail gun. "'No one likes getting presents from strangers more than me,' continued Nanny Piggins. "'But that doesn't make breaking and entering all right.' If he wants to give us gifts, she should knock at the door and come in and have a slice of cake, said Nanny Piggins. The children looked at each other. Their nanny was not accustomed to the finer points of Christmas, because, you see, she'd lived most of her life at the circus, and the ringmaster had never let them celebrate any of the holidays. It amazes me that one overweight man, wearing a bright red fur-trimmed suit, no less, manages to go on a worldwide crime spree on the same night every year and nobody has ever done anything about it, said Nanny Piggins. You'd think, at the very least, the animal rights activists would have a go at him for wearing fur. Well, perhaps they don't because they like getting presents, suggested Michael. You're probably right, agreed Nanny Piggins. So few people have principles anymore, especially when it comes to a stocking full of chocolate treats and toys. Now, where's my note? Derek handed his nanny the note she'd written earlier. It read, Dear Mr Santa Claus, kindly refrain from breaking into this home via the chimney. If you were a true gentleman, you would knock at the front door and introduce yourself. Or at the very least, climb in through the upstairs bathroom window like a normal person. Kind regards, Nanny Piggins. Flying pig. There, that ought to do it, said Nanny Piggins, as she used the nail gun to fasten the note to the chimney stack. Thwack! Boris, that's her brother, who is a ten-foot-tall ballet-dancing bear from Russia. Boris promptly burst into tears. <laughs> said Boris. Celebrating Christmas was new for him too, but unlike Nanny Piggins, he was anxious to not miss out. <gasps> Ooh, but what about me? blubbered Boris. <laughs> my shed doesn't have a chimney. How am I going to get my presents? <laughs> Samantha gave Boris's leg a comforting hug. I'm sure he'll climb in through a window or dismantle part of the roof. After all, he's Santa, so he's got lots of initiative. I hope so, said Boris, struggling to control his tears. It's just that I really do like getting presents. 
It's bears like you who send mixed messages to burglars, said Nanny Piggins sternly. Either it's all right to break into people's homes or it's not. But you break into people's homes all the time, Derek pointed out. Well, that's different, said Nanny Piggins. How? asked Michael. Fortunately, Nanny Piggins was saved from having to find logic in her argument because at this point they were interrupted by a noise from below. There's someone in the street, whispered Derek. Is it the police sergeant? asked Nanny Piggins. I called him and reported that there was a large fat man wearing red and breaking into houses tonight. True, he did laugh at me and hang up, but perhaps he's decided to do something about it after all. They all crept to the edge of the roof and they peered over and they were startled by what they saw. It was not the police sergeant. No, it was someone much more impressive. It was the greatest annual home intruder of them all. <gasps> it's Santa Claus, gasped Nanny Piggins. There was no mistaking the red clothes, the white beard, the sack full of toys and the little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. But where are his reindeer? asked Boris. It did seem strange to see Santa Claus travelling by foot. He did not look like a man who took exercise regularly. Perhaps they've ditched him because they don't want to do jail time, said Nanny Piggins. He's got a lot of toys in that sack, said Michael. I hope he's got something good for us. Pass me the nail gun again, said Nanny Piggins. I'll give him a present if he tries to get down our chimney. You can't shoot Santa with a nail gun, said Samantha. What, not even a little bit? No, said the children. I know. I'll just use the nail gun to fasten his boots to the roof to keep him here till the police sergeant can arrive. He hasn't got time to get arrested. He's got to deliver presents to all the boys and girls in the world. Oh, pish, said Nanny Piggins. He's only got to deliver presents to the good boys and girls. That's probably only seven or eight children on the entire planet. After all, 365 days in a row? That's an awfully long time to expect children to behave themselves. Most of them struggle to keep it up for five minutes. No, delivering presents to good kids, that's only going to take him an hour or two. Then he's just going to go home to the North Pole to watch television. Well, I've been a good boy and I'm not letting him forget about me, declared Boris, as he leapt up to his full height, waved his arms around and shouted, Hey, Santa! I live in the shed around the back. I don't have a chimney, but I'll leave out a chainsaw and you can cut a hole in the roof if you like. Unfortunately, Santa Claus was so shocked to suddenly find himself being yelled at by a ten-foot-tall bear standing on a rooftop that he stumbled backwards into the street, hitting his head hard on the pavement. (gasps) Oh my goodness, said Samantha. You've killed Santa! Boris burst into tears. (gasps) I didn't mean to! He sobbed. Don't worry, I'll first aid him, said Nanny Piggins. He may be an international master criminal, but if he needs an ice pack, I'm just the pig for the job. And with that dramatic statement, she leapt off the roof. The children were horrified to see their beloved Nanny hurtling through the sky. They rushed forward to see if she was all right. They soon saw that Nanny Piggins had grabbed a tree branch, done a triple somersault and landed neatly on the front lawn. She'd been watching Robin Hood and seen Errol Flynn do something very similar and she'd secretly been practising by leaping out of her second-storey bedroom window all week. The children hurried back into the attic, ran down the stairs and out through the house to help her, which only took three seconds more but was nowhere near as impressive. (gasps) Is he all right? asked Derek. 
Well, he's breathing, said Nanny Piggins. But just look at him. He's wearing red trousers with a red jacket. His dress sense is in serious trouble. Well, maybe that's fashionable at the North Pole, said Boris. Looking silly isn't fashionable anywhere, said Nanny Piggins. Unless you're a clown, then it's an unfortunate career requirement. Check his pupils, said Samantha. Check his what, what, said Nanny Piggins. The the black part in his eye, explained Derek. Why on earth would I do that, asked Nanny Piggins. Well, that's what they always do on TV medical dramas, said Samantha. Then it must be the right thing to do, said Nanny Piggins. She reached over and grabbed Santa's eyelashes to lift up his eyelid. Fortunately, she'd been eating caramels, so her trotters were nice and sticky, and this was easy to do. She pulled the eyelid right up and looked in close. Hmm, definitely eyeballs. She dropped it back down. Well, shouldn't we call an ambulance, suggested Michael. Well, we could, said Nanny Piggins, but they'd only call the police. And you know, the police sergeant made me promise I wouldn't make any more citizens' arrests this week. Nanny Piggins had tried arresting the postmistress at their local post office, arguing that the lengths of her queues were a cruel and unusual punishment, and that since torture had been outlawed under the Geneva Convention, the postmistress clearly should be put in jail. You don't want me to spend Christmas Day in jail, do you? said Nanny Piggins. Well, you spent Easter Day in jail and you said you quite liked it, Derek reminded her. Nanny Piggins had been arrested after hurling herself at the Easter Bunny in the shopping centre and wrestling him to the ground. In the end, she was let off because, as she told the judge, the Easter Bunny only had himself to blame. Dressing up in a full-size bunny suit and handing out free chocolate is like dressing up as a zebra and standing in the lion enclosure at the zoo. Yes, but I got to eat all the Easter Bunny's chocolate before I was arrested, said Nanny Piggins. I haven't had my Christmas lunch yet, and you promised to make me the most wonderful Christmas lunch ever, so I don't want to miss that. Well, we can't leave Santa unconscious lying on the footpath on Christmas Eve night, said Derek. What are we going to do with him? Isn't it obvious, said Nanny Piggins? No, said the children. I may not know a lot about celebrating Christmas, said Nanny Piggins, but I have watched every Christmas television movie and television special ever made, so I know that if Santa falls ill or sprains his ankle or is abducted by aliens, it's the job of the first person who finds out to take over and do Santa's job for him. What are you saying? asked Samantha, although secretly she did know she was just hoping she was dreadfully wrong. I'm saying that this year I shall be Santa Claus and deliver presents to all the boys and girls in the world, announced Nanny Piggins. Don't you mean all the good boys and girls, said Michael? No, I'm going to give presents to the bad children as well. Unlike Santa, I believe in positive reinforcement, explained Nanny Piggins. If they're behaving badly and you want them to improve, you have to use the carrot as well as the stick. But you always say you'd rather be hit by a stick than have to eat a carrot, argued Michael. Just because an expression doesn't make any sense doesn't make it less true, said Nanny Piggins sternly. Now, help me get Santa inside. Would you like me to carry him, asked Boris. No, I think we'd better drag him, said Nanny Piggins. He's a heavy one and I'd hate for you to get a hernia on the night before Christmas, especially when you promised to perform the entire Nutcracker Ballet for us after lunch tomorrow. And so Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children dragged Santa inside, only banging his head three times on the edge of the garden path and once again on the telephone table in the hallway. What next, asked Samantha. Are you going to put on Santa's clothes? 
First of all, said Nanny Piggins, it would be highly impertinent to undress the man. He's got a head injury, so I'd find it very hard to justify to the police sergeant why I took his trousers off. And secondly, I would never wear such an unflattering outfit. The children looked at Santa. Nanny Piggins did have a point. Bright red was not very slimming. It's almost as if he's proud to have a weight problem, continued Nanny Piggins. In this day and age, when everyone is so concerned about childhood obesity, he's hardly a very good role model. No, if I'm going to be Santa Claus, I'm sure I can find something much more glamorous to wear. And so Nanny Piggins dashed upstairs and disappeared into her bedroom. She reappeared five minutes later, wearing a fabulous off-the-shoulder crimson ball gown, which was perfectly accessorised by two beautiful dangling earrings, which Nanny Piggins had made out of two chocolate Santas. Chocolate Christmas tree decorations never actually made it to the tree in the greenhouse. Right, hand me Santa's sack. I'm off to deliver presents, announced Nanny Piggins. The children did not know what to say. They could have said, are you out of your mind? Or how are you going to climb down a chimney dressed in that? But they realised it would be much more fun watching Nanny Piggins try to climb down a chimney dressed in a ball gown. So Derek simply said, here you are, as he handed his nanny the sack. Then they dutifully followed behind her as she carried it out into the street. Where should we deliver presents first? asked Nanny Piggins. There were not a lot of children living in the street, one of the chief reasons for Mr Green choosing to live in the neighbourhood. Mrs Roncoli's grandchildren are staying with her, suggested Samantha. Julia is five and Raymond is two. Perfect, said Nanny Piggins, and I know for a fact that Mrs Roncoli baked a Dundee cake this morning, so perhaps we can have a slice of cake while we're in there. Wouldn't that be wrong, asked Derek. We're breaking into her house, said Nanny Piggins. If she catches us, she's not going to quibble about a slice of cake. Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children crossed the street and let themselves in through Mrs Roncoli's front gate. Then they stood back and watched Nanny Piggins. They should have realised that their nanny was not going to let a little thing like an ankle-length satin ball gown hamper her athleticism. She just hitched the hem of her skirt up into her undies and scampered up the drainpipe like a monkey. Next, it was the children's turn to get up on the roof. And since Derek, Samantha and Michael had no circus training, this was not so simple. But the children found that if they climbed up Boris and stood on his head, which he did not mind, they were high enough to grasp Nanny Piggins' trotter. Then they could pull themselves up one at a time to join her. Pulling Boris up was going to be a little bit harder, what with him weighing 700 kilograms and not being able to stand on his own head. But the problem was soon solved when Nanny Piggins told him she thought she saw a bee by his left foot and he simply leapt onto the roof without any help from anyone. Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children then made their way over to the chimney and peered over the edge. It was very dark and black inside. I'm going to throw the presents down first, said Nanny Piggins, emptying the sack into the chimney. That way they can break my fall. Are you sure you wouldn't like us to fetch a rope so we can just lower you down, offered Michael. Pish, said Nanny Piggins, as she climbed up on the chimney stack. There's no time for that. I have a whole planet's worth of toys to deliver. Wish me luck. And with one last wave to the children, she dived headfirst into the chimney. The children heard nothing for a moment, then the distinctive sound of a pig falling headfirst onto a pile of toys. Ow! said Nanny Piggins. Are you all right? called Derek, his voice echoing down the chimney. Yes, replied Nanny Piggins, although in hindsight, I probably should have only thrown the soft toys down first. A scale model of the Taj Mahal does not make for a very soft landing. Can you see the Christmas stockings? asked Michael. 
I can't see anything. It's too dark down here, said Nanny Piggins. Now hang on. I can't see anything because my skirt's over my head. I'll just adjust that. Wait a minute. There's no way out. There are bricks on all four sides. I didn't like to say anything earlier, Sarah, said Boris, leaning over the chimney. But Mrs. Roncoli did get a gas heater installed last month. You remember, you made the workmen lend you their van so you could get even more chocolate than usual from the sweet shop. What's your point? asked Nanny Piggins. I'm pretty sure that to install a gas heater, you first have to brick up the fireplace, explained Boris. Well, of all the... Nanny Piggins muttered a few very rude things that I cannot repeat here, but the gist of it was she was not impressed that Mrs Roncoli had failed to explain the full details of her renovation plans to Nanny Piggins, both personally and in writing. What are we going to do, worried Samantha. I'm going to give Mrs Roncoli a piece of my mind, said Nanny Piggins. But how are you going to get out of there, asked Derek. Nanny Piggins looked up at Boris and the children 20 feet above as they stared down the chimney at her. Hmm, said Nanny Piggins. What are you thinking, asked Boris. I was just thinking that from the inside, a chimney is an awful lot like a cannon, said Nanny Piggins. Twenty minutes later, the children were standing a safe distance away on the far side of the street as Boris rolled out the last of the fuse wire. This is safe, isn't it? asked Samantha. Well, I wouldn't say it was safe, admitted Boris. He was an honest bear. If anyone else tried it, I'm sure it would go horribly wrong. But at the circus, Nanny Piggins used to get blasted out of a cannon seven times a night. So this will be a walk in the park for her. Boris lit the fuse. You know, we could just knock on Mrs Roncoli's door and explain what happened, said Derek, beginning to panic. Or lower a rope down and pull her out, suggested Michael. Oh, that is a good idea, said Boris. It's a shame it's too late now. Look, the fuse is almost there. The children watched in horror as the fuse disappeared into the chimney. Cover your ears, advised Boris. Derek, Samantha and Michael only just got their hands to their ears before they were shaken by the huge blast. The shockwaves knocked Derek and Samantha off their feet. They would have knocked Michael off his feet too, except he was standing right in front of Boris and it's hard to go anywhere when there's a 700 kilogram bear right behind you. Then they saw a streak of crimson rocket up into the sky with a distant cry of yippee from Nanny Piggins as she flew up into the stratosphere. Oh my goodness, how's she going to land, exclaimed Samantha. We didn't rig up a safety net. She'll be fine, said Boris confidently. What do you mean she'll be fine, said Derek. Gravity causes a body to accelerate at 9.8 metres per second. If she goes a thousand metres in the air, that means she'll hit the ground going... Derek struggled to do the maths in his head. Really fast, supplied Michael. Sarah knows what she's doing, said Boris. Does she secretly have a parachute in her ball gown, asked Samantha. She has got one in her red clutch purse, but... Whoops, said Boris, holding up a red clutch purse. She gave that to me to mind. Oh no, said Samantha. This is going to be the worst Christmas ever. And Samantha knew quite a bit about bad Christmases because their beloved mother had gone missing in mid-December and before she'd had a chance to make a Christmas cake, so it was a double tragedy. 
But a moment later, instead of seeing their nanny plummeting back to earth as they expected, they saw, illuminated in the moonlight, what looked like a giant red umbrella with two pig's feet in the middle, floating slowly down towards the ground. I don't believe it, exclaimed Derek. Nanny Pig and Skirt has puffed out and is acting as a parachute. Now I can see why Nanny Piggins says it's vitally important to always wear clean underwear, said Michael. Nanny Piggins gently drifted back down below the rooftops. Then they all heard the most wonderful sound. Instead of hearing a crash or a thud, there was a huge splash as Nanny Piggins landed safely in the backyard swimming pool of Mr and Mrs Taylor three blocks away. You see, I told you she'd be fine, said Boris. Boris and the children ran around to the tailor's house and met a very soggy Nanny Piggins emerging from the front gate. Well, that was fun, said Nanny Piggins excitedly. Although I think I've ruined my best ball gown. I must have a word with Mr Taylor about using less chlorine in his pool. You're not hurt, asked Samantha. Not at all, said Nanny Piggins. I enjoyed it tremendously. There was just enough time in my flight for me to eat my chocolate earrings. But what are you going to do about delivering all the toys, asked Derek. You've been Santa Claus for 40 minutes now and you haven't managed to deliver any presents. At this rate, you'll never get presents to everyone in just one night, added Michael. I must admit, I don't seem to be as effortlessly good at this job as I am at every other job I try, conceded Nanny Piggins. Perhaps we should go and consult Santa. He may have regained consciousness by now, and he might be able to let me in on some of his tricks. He could at least tell me where he parked his reindeer. So Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children went back to their house, where they found Santa still lying on the couch. They knew he was all right because no one with a serious head injury would snore that loudly. Wake up, Santa, called Nanny Piggins. Wake up. Santa suddenly woke up with a grunt and a very unattractive snort. (gasps) What, 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 said Santa. What's the meaning of this? Santa sounds awfully familiar, said Samantha with growing dread. His beard's fallen off, exclaimed Nanny Piggins, when Santa's beard had come away in her toffee-stained trotters. But the children were not looking at the beard. They were looking at a far more shocking sight. The now naked-faced Santa. (gasps) Ah! It's father! yelled all three children. moaned Mr Green. What happened? I've just had the most peculiar dream. I was walking along the street when suddenly a great... Big, fat bear started yelling at me. Boris, who'd hidden under a lampshade as soon as he saw Mr Green, whimpered. He was very sensitive about his weight. Nanny Piggins, who was very protective of her brother, slapped Mr Green hard across the face. Ow! squealed Mr Green. What did you do that for? Oh, I'm sorry, said Nanny Piggins. Slapping is for hysteria, isn't it? And ice packs are for head injuries. I always get those two confused. I really must finish reading that book on first aid. Give me back my fake beard, demanded Mr Green. I don't want to lose my deposit at the costume shop. I will not. How dare you walk the streets impersonating a beloved holiday icon, scolded Nanny Piggins. Children love Santa. Just think how disappointed they would be if they thought Santa was like you. I'm not dressed up in this ridiculous costume voluntarily, snapped Mr Green. I only did it because the senior partner made me for the firm's Christmas party. Why you, asked Derek. 
I was the only one the red suit would fit, admitted Mr. Green. Ah, yes, because you're fat, said Nanny Piggins, nodding knowingly. But why were you bringing home a big sack full of toys, asked Michael. Shouldn't you have given them out at the Christmas party? Oh, I didn't get a chance to give away any toys because none of the children would come and sit on my lap, grumbled Mr. Green. I threatened to take a wooden spoon to them if they didn't do as they were told, but that only seemed to make them cry harder. What I want to know, said Nanny Piggins, is if there was a work Christmas party, why didn't you take your own children? Um, well, um, stuttered Mr. Green. It never occurred to me. I forgot I had children, I suppose. Well, that's a relief, said Derek. At least we didn't hurt the real Santa. And we can leave it to the real Santa to deliver presents to all the boys and girls of the world, added Samantha. I suppose, conceded Nanny Piggins. But can we still go back across the road so I can blast myself out of Mrs. Roncoli's chimney again? That was a lot of fun. I don't think Mrs. Roncoli would appreciate it if we did structural damage to her home, worried Samantha. Pish, said Nanny Piggins. I'm sure she won't even notice. And so Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children had a wonderful Christmas day. It started well when Mr. Green went into the office to do some paperwork. He needed to rack up brownie points because he was going to have a tricky time explaining to the senior partner how the sack full of toys had come to be a small pile of melted debris. Then, because Nanny Piggins had never made a Christmas dinner before, the children were in charge of all the cooking. And knowing their nanny well, they served Christmas pudding, Christmas pudding, Christmas pudding and Christmas pudding for entree, main course, dessert and second dessert. Admittedly, Nanny Piggins did ruin the first Christmas pudding when the children turned off the lights and brought the pudding into the dining room topped with flickering brandy sauce. Nanny Piggins was so horrified to see a dessert on fire, she threw herself on the flames, risking her dress and her personal safety. But once the children had explained that flaming brandy sauce was traditional and in no way damaged the pudding, Nanny Piggins was able to relax and enjoy the meal. She enjoyed sucking the pudding off her dress, and then they all enjoyed eating the other three puddings off plates. After they'd eaten as much as was physically possible, they went into the living room and had a wonderful time watching Boris perform the Nutcracker. He did break two vases and the light fitting, but only because he put on such a spectacular performance. So, Nanny Piggins, said Michael, what do you think of Christmas? I think it's wonderful, said Nanny Piggins. So you're not going to put chicken wire over the chimney next year then, asked Derek. No, of course not, said Nanny Piggins. Good, said Samantha with relief. Next year, said Nanny Piggins, I'll put a trip wire down by the stockings. Santa will never see that coming. The end. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There are plenty to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. And now there's the audiobook of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins 2. You can order them through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. Until next time, happy holidays. Goodbye. <laughs>